Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. In this episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, I have the honor of interviewing Wade Lightheart, host of the Awesome Health Podcast. He is a three-time all-natural national bodybuilding champion, advisor to the American Anti-Cancer Institute, and co-founder of Education at Bio-Optimizers Nutrition, one of the world's most innovative nutritional supplement companies. He is also the author of several books, including the best-selling books, Staying Alive in a Toxic World and The Wealthy Backpacker. The Awesome Health Podcast is a big part of his mission to help others fix their digestion and transform their health with daily practice of positive principles, rituals, and optimizers. We are going to today dive into gut health and enzymes, and probiotics. One quarter of the population is on medications for digestion, with millions more suffering from common digestive issues such as bloating, constipation, diarrhea, food sensitivities, leaky gut, and acid reflux. Most have damaged their gut health through the use of antibiotics, antibacterial cleansers, GMO food, and other toxins. This is why In my opinion, gut health is a non-negotiable. You must correct your gut in order to thrive. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is Wade Lightheart. Wade is a host of the Awesome Health Podcast, and he also is a three-time all-natural bodybuilding champion. Wade, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast today. Great to be here. I love the name of this podcast, by the way, Rebel Health. I, I got to <laughs> say, I, I was excited to jump on here. Today. Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> how that Rebel name came excited. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. So before we get into the gut health, I'm glad you could join me for this because first of all, in my opinion, as a, as a functional medicine health coach and practitioner, the gut, is a non, gut health is non-negotiable for me. Because without a healthy gut, you're not going to thrive. Mm-hmm. So you competed as Mr. Universe as a drug-free vegetarian. And that's quite interesting in itself because that most of the bodybuilders I have known in the past and know a few to this day consume massive amounts of protein. Mm-hmm. So how did that... Tell us about how that came about. Yeah, great. Uh, it's a good. It's a great question, and and I mean, it was the it was a long journey, and, and just to be put things out there because you unpacked a couple things um, that are really important, and I inadvertently discovered out about gut health because of bodybuilding. <laughs> you know, it wasn't my intention. They didn't talk about it, and, and there's a basic assumption that what we eat gets assimilated and utilized by our body. And I think that fundamental assumption will eventually get challenged at some point in people's lives if they're really pursuing uh, optimal health or excellent health or awesome health, as I define it. 
or any level of, of health. Of, of health. Um, we have 12% of the population. 12% of the emergency visits today in hospitals are gastrointestinal related issues. 95 million people in America today suffer from some form of digestive distress uh, on a daily basis. And uh, it's, it's a big issue. And to unpack that, to go back to your question, we'll get into some of those things in a minute, but it, that's how serious this topic is. I grew up like any other person in rural Canada. I grew up in rural Canada and we, you know, we ate meat and hunted and fished and, you know, did all that kind of stuff when kind of lived in the woods. And uh, I got into bodybuilding and they said, you know, you need one gram per pound of body weight. And, you know, and that was kind of the dietary process. And the metabolic advantages of having a high protein diet are, are well documented. Number one, there's a high satiety to a high protein diet. In other words, you're just not as hungry as if you're saying eating carbohydrates, which to, to just break this make for our listeners simply is protein takes a lot of energy to break down and digest and carbohydrates, you know, say, let's say sugar would take almost none. And so there's an efficiency in the energy delivery in a sugar that is, is counterproductive to your goals in bodybuilding or counterproductive to your goals as, as, as maybe maintaining a certain physical look and outcome. And, and bodybuilding is the most extreme level of uh, what I would call uh, cosmetic fitness. <laughs> you, yeah. You're judged on how you look, period. Right. End of story under the most brutal conditions possible. And um, now, how I got into, how I got through that process is, so I just followed the standard norm. And even though when competing, I, I can remember getting to states or I would have aches and pains and, and, uh, or digestive distress or anything like that. It was just, it was a generally just accepted part of the sport. They're like, well, yeah, that's what you do. You go into a contest diet, you feel like crap. Uh, you get really, really lean. You get done the show. You binge like crazy. You gain 20, 30 pounds, and then you go back and do the whole thing over again. And, and this is pretty much the standard in bodybuilding. And it's it's just part of the cycle that had been taught and used in advance. And, and keep in mind, I, I noticed there was a big shift in bodybuilding, particularly around digestive health and wellness with the advent of what I would say, um, if you, for, for lack of a better word, fast food proteins. Okay. Right. So we're familiar with the effects of fast food and generalized health, but where I started to notice people were running into a lot more digestive issues was when they started eating foods, number one, that came, uh, had inorganic compounds, herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, hormones, dyes, additives, which is in most of the meat that people are purchasing. Okay. Right. Second thing is uh, the variants, the extreme variance in the quality of proteins like whey protein and these type of things when that came in. That's when you started to notice the distended guts. That's when you started to notice people getting the acid reflux, the skin conditions. Like you look back to the 70s when you know almost none of that stuff existed. The guys had these nice tight waistlines. They look right now. Of course, some of that's growth hormone and things like that. But you didn't see people running into the gastrointestinal issues, which is so commonplace in the sport today. And I think it's a con. It's not one thing. It's a confluence of all those things. And so what happened is I got the idea uh, literally after um, in 2001. I got into meditation and that sort of and 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 that sort of thing. And I did a, a two week experiment on. 
not eating meat. Basically, I got done. I said, you know what? I'm going to try that. They had recommended a vegetarian diet for the advantages for meditation. And the, the theory in Ayurvedic medicine, Indian philosophy of medicine, is that is um, animal proteins put pressure on nerves inside your intestinal tract. And this makes thought processes, it's harder to calm your mind. That's the, the, the theory. And I thought, well, that's an interesting theory. I don't know if that's true. Let's try it. That's always my experiment. Well, that's what someone says. Let's let me try it, see if it works. So I, I did for two weeks. I stopped eating meat and I felt I, I didn't dry up and blow away, which was my big fear. Uh, and then I said, well, I'm going to try two more weeks. And I, I did two more weeks. And then I said, I'm going to try uh, another month because I'd gone the first month. And after two months, I just said, yeah, I, just, I, I think I'm done. And, and, and that's literally how it was. And I just never ate meat again. Now, that being said, I still have a little bit of uh, dairy products occasionally. You know, I'll go have cheese pizza on an off day or whatever. Right. Uh, um, so I'm not one of these like vigilante vegans that are telling everybody to convert and you know, that's not my, that's not my gig. And I'm not into that. I'm not here to do that. Uh, and in fact, I made some critical mistakes as a vegetarian. And that was initially I started to replace all of my protein with whey protein. Uh. So I went from like, you know, which was not a, a vegan diet. That's a, 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 a lacto ovo diet. Although I wasn't really eating eggs at the time. So it was really just a lacto. And, and I went full bore. And I, after, and this is what started it after the Mr. Universe contest, I gained uh, 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. I literally blew out my whole digestive system. Wow. And that was the best thing that could happen to me. So I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. And when I came out of that, I realized something. I met a doctor and he said, Wade, um, he, and he was a, like in a he's senior citizen, clear skin, super vibrant, very strong. I mean, this guy was amazing. And I was like, well, how come he's like this and I'm not? You know, I thought I'm a big, strong guy, all this sort of stuff. And, and he said to me, he said, wait, you learned to build the body from the outside in. You haven't learned to build the body from the inside out. Wow. That was profound for me. And he taught, one of the things he talked about was uh, protein consumption versus uh, amino acid assimilation. And, and understanding that there is a, a specific process we call the digestive process that involves enzymes, hydrochloric acid, uh, particular types of probiotics that are required in the right amounts and the right efficiencies inside the body in order for you to actually get the amino acids to your, to your muscles. And what I discovered is that most of the protein I was eating wasn't actually getting into the body. So I went on a completely raw food diet for two years. I supplemented my diet massively with uh, uh, enzymes and probiotics and all this sort of stuff. But within literally within six months, I recaptured my physical form, but I felt absolutely amazing. And over the next four years, I was able to go back to the world championships. Instead of eating 250 grams of protein, I was only eating uh, between 85 and 100 grams wow. a day. And all, all from plants. On, and it took me four years to kind of figure that all out. Okay, uh, and like and how this worked on a performance based diet, and uh, from that point, I started teaching and, and sharing what I had learned with all kinds of people, and and it had effects outside of the sport that I didn't anticipate. That is, people with all sorts of diseases and dysfunctions and disorders, but when they fixed their gut, all of a sudden the symptoms of those things went away, and that was a pretty awesome discovery. Yeah, that is amazing, and and to your point, most of the bodybuilders that I've known in the past. 
suffer from gastroesophageal acid reflux, basically. Mm-hmm. So GERD. Yeah. And after this bodybuilding, what, what set you on a path into this journey and direction you're under, doing now with your gut health and your, uh, your uh, educator for uh, co-founder of education, a bio-optimizer and nutrition. Yeah. What set you on this path going this direction now? Well, first, you know, I was always passionate about helping people. I, you know, had a, I was a personal trainer and I, I loved coaching people and I loved finding ways for them to improve their physique, their health and all that stuff. And I got a lot of juice out of it. And then when I had my big meltdown and I was able to reclaim myself, I was running a little holistic health clinic here in Vancouver, Canada. And, and, and so I started seeing people come in and I noticed they had some of these symptoms. And I said, well, what if we started adding some of these elements that may be missing in your diet, like enzymes and things like that? And all of a sudden they would correct. Simultaneously, I was very concerned about the bodybuilding market at the time because I was like, well, I pretty much knew because I had pushed myself so hard to get to this point. And this was a process of 16 years to get to the world championships. I wasn't a a Ronnie Coleman guy. I, I, I didn't have the great genetics. I, I and but I saw a lot of people kind of following that direction. And I'm like, sooner or later, they're going to run into the same problems that I did. They're going right. to run into some sort of digestive distress based on their diet, their genetics, their epigenetics, whatever, all that stuff. And I was like, well, can we can we inter, can we stop that? And so my business partner and I at the time uh, started an online course called uh, Freaky Big Naturally. And uh, we started teaching about these principles, teaching about health, teaching about enzymes and probiotics, literally in 2004, like way before anybody was talking. We're talking about mind machines. We're talking about cold therapy. We really were on kind of the cutting edge at the time. And what the option was, what the opportunity was, is I started getting feedback from literally thousands and thousands of people who were buying our courses. We coached over 15,000 people directly and got their feedback and would see what would happen when they started fixing their digestive health. Number one, they felt great. Their performance went up and their protein consumption generally went down. And if they had any digestive issues, they, they went away. And there was a lot of other corollary benefits. And so the, this became a great messaging. And then at the same time, people were hearing about these results from you know, people that they respected as athletes and they'd say, well, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble. My, my uncle's having acid reflux or I, so this person's got, they're constipated all the time or all these kind of, kind of symptoms. And I'd say, I'd come in, I'd look at their diet and I'd say, you know, you're same thing. Your, your gut health's off, man. Here, here's how you correct it. And we came up with a, over time with about a 90 day strategy to recondition anybody's gut health. And then it just took off from there. And we've been doing the company ever since. And, and, wow. and we really targeted on specific things. And one of the things that I found in the industry was that there was, you know, most most of the companies in the industry were were just built on margins and profit. Um, and I was building a company that was based on effectiveness. And I said, you know, I, I I didn't really care about the margins or profit. I just wanted to get an effective product. And sure, you got to have a margin, but I believe that if you can solve a person's problem really well and better than anybody else, you'll have a customer for life. And that's how we we built our company and our business. And uh, and then I surrounded and I also over the years have been able to find other companies in area areas who had the same, almost the same story. The founder had some sort of problem, couldn't solve it, figured out how to solve it with some unique thing and drove deep on the product quality and then found a following to that product or service. And that's one of the things that we bring out on my own podcast is 
teaching people about, hey, here, here's another great company. Or here's another great person that figured out this one piece in this thing we call life. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, when I dove into this uh, functional medicine realm and I was amazed, you know, like Hippocrates said over 2,000 years ago, all disease begins in the gut. And it's, it's, it took us forever to figure that out as, a, as, a, as a, uh, the health of our nation to figure that out. But if you think about it, serotonin's made in your gut. Hormones, you need your healthy gut for your hormones. A lot of things contribute to leaky gut and, and GERD and all that stuff. So you need the healthy bacteria in our gut. And there's a lot of people missing that boat that are very walking around very sick and ill. You know, and anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. it all starts in the gut. So yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking how many of the conditions today can actually be traced back. And people are all kind of focused on diet. Right. You know, there's a new diet every month, right? Right. And, and not saying, and, and people will gravitate to different, like my business partner, for example, is a keto guy and has been for 25 years. Okay. Right. I'm a vegetarian. Like we really couldn't be much further apart. Further apart, right. Factory, right. And, uh, but that was an advantage for us because we started to look at what are the principles underlying that allows a person to be successful on one diet versus another diet? What is the state of that person's ability to assimilate and to digest, assimilate and utilize whatever they are eating? And what are the key elements that might allow that person to, or, or limit that person on various diets or things that they need to pay attention to over the long term if they want to have what I would say a high standard of health for an extended period of time. And, uh, you know, we, we've been on that journey and we haven't let up since. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Let's dive in. I want to dive into this enzymes and, and things that you guys produce. Cause that's in, intriguing to me. Cause there's a lot of stuff on the market, probiotics on the market that don't work. There's a lot of junk on the market that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff on the market that works very well. Mm-hmm. So, if people are, are going to cook their food, do you mind sharing why you have to make sure that you're still getting the proper enzymes to digest it? Yeah. So I'm going to refer to a book for your listeners that they can check out for themselves. And, and uh, he's kind of the godfather of the enzymatic movement, if you will. And his name is Dr. Edward Howell. He wrote a book called Enzyme Nutrition. And then he wrote another book, which is a little bit more research oriented or a little gets into the data called Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. And what was interesting about Dr. Howell's work is he was able to take a bunch of different species, you know, cats, dog, goats, you, know, you name it. And by feeding them an enzymatically deficient diet, and I'll get into that in a minute, an enzymatically deficient diet, what started to happen is there was a genetic, an increase in genetic diseases, uh, strange sociological behavior. And the inability to procreate, usually at around after three generations. That's interesting. If we look at our food supply today, now keep in mind that famine has been the number one killer of humans throughout history, like just not enough food. And, and in the Western world, we've pretty much solved that. Right. But, you know, there's also the question of, well, what actually constitutes food? <laughs> that's that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. Right. And and I don't think we've clearly defined what food is, uh, or what would sustain the human body in its optimal stage. So, so the, yeah, there's calories and fats and all, all that sort of stuff, but your macros. 
but that doesn't necessarily, those are macros that doesn't necessarily constitute food. But if you look at every single species on the planet, so if I'm a, if I'm a tiger and wake up in the morning, I'm hungry. What do I do? I go out, knock down a zebra. When I kill that zebra, if you watch the tiger, it'll open up the zebra. It'll eat the entrails where the enzyme, the highest concentration of enzymes and probiotics are before it eats the rest of the, the carcass. Hmm. And the biggest, strongest animals always get the entrails first and they'll leave some of the carcass for everybody else. That's interesting. Same as a whale, it, it'll consume a seal. Let's say a killer whale will consume the whole seal and it'll, it'll break down. And so anytime that in, if a horse uh, will, will, will not eat grass that has any bit of blood on it, it'll go to the freshest, greenest grass and it'll pick that or it'll pick the, the, the sprouts and it'll get the most enzymatically rich food it possibly can. But we do not define food by the presence of enzymes. And so Dr. Howell pointed out that all species eat an enzymatically rich diet. In other words, they don't just get the macronutrients, they get the enzymes present in that living organism. And, and for people to understand this, enzymes are chemical catalysts. There's at least 25,000 different chemical reactions inside the body that are dependent on enzymes, and, and there are different fields of enzymes, proteolytic enzymes, MLAs, the car carbohydrate kind of based, or lipolytic enzymes, lipase-based, that sort of stuff. And we need these to make the chemical reactions inside the body. But humans cook their food. And anytime you take food over 114 degrees, okay, you destroy the enzymes present. That's one of the ways that we preserve food. Uh, for example, they, they irradiate fruits and vegetables before they come to our counter. Uh, or the store, because it it destroys the enzymes. And the enzymes are the chemical agents that allows the food to break down. And that's why if you just pick food out of the garden and set it on the cupboard, first off, you'll see the smell and the aroma. You can feel that because you're literally, there's a chemical reaction that's allowing you to smell and feel and taste that, that, that enzymatic reaction is happening. And if you eat it fresh, it tastes very different than something that has been cooked, boiled, baked, fried, whatever. And then usually what we do is uh, in the cooking world is we start adding these other elements to make the food taste good again. And we've altered, altered our palate so much that eventually enzymatically rich food that's fresh in the garden, people, people don't want that because they're addicted to the chemicals, the agents, the other things that we've learned as part of the modern diet. So we solve the lack of calories. But today, it's people are eating more calories than they need but they're, I think, suffering from deficiencies in ways that we never have before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Many people try, as we talked about earlier a little bit ago, is enzymes and probiotics and don't see results. What, what, what do you attribute that to? Yeah. So it's the same thing as, uh, let's, let's use something that everybody's familiar with, cars, right? Now, you can go pick up a car at the junkyard for 50 bucks. Right, right. You, you buy you buy that car. Do you want to take that across the country on a road Probably trip? Not. Probably not. Why? Because that car isn't going to deliver. It's you know it might not even run. Right. You know right. it's got rust holes in it. You got to put your feet through the ground. The engine's smoking. You know it's a cheap car. It's a car. It's still a car. Uh, systematic. On the other side of the thing, you can go and get the latest, greatest, brand new, custom made vehicle, whether you like an SUV or you like a sports car or whatever, and pay a million dollars or $2 million for that car to get the highest level of performance. And if you're, if you're racing an F1 
race, you better be spending a few million dollars on that car. Uh, you know, if you're in the junkyard wars, well, it doesn't really matter that much. You want something that you, you don't want the F1 car. Right. So when it comes to nutritional supplementation, this is across the board. There is a huge variance between the quality and effectiveness of any given product. The problem is, I think people are better uh, or more aware or know how to assess the quality of a car than they are to, to assess the quality of their food or the quality of a nutritional supplement, which is kind of the next level again uh, from that. And, and what happens is a lot of companies, frankly, take advantage of people's ignorance. No, they do, for sure. So, so for example, in the last, say, five to 10 years, the probiotics conversation has expanded rapidly. Okay. And people are becoming aware that, hey, there's these little organisms that everybody needs. And so what's happened is the bandwagon jumps in and people go, yeah, we, we, we need to put probiotics in our chocolate bar. We need to put probiotics in our yogurt. We need to, you know, and the reality is, is the average person goes, hey, I'm going to the store. Oh, this, uh, this yogurt thing, it says it's got probiotics. If I eat that, then I'm good. Right. You know, and, and, and don't understand that that $5 bottle of yogurt is not going to deliver what a $100 bottle of a, of a cultured, specially designed, multi-phase uh, enzyme is going to be. So you're comparing a junkyard car to like a F1 formula car. And, that, and that's the difference. And I think our job as educators in the health field right. is to help people, you know, to make those determinations based on the, what, what they need to their car quote unquote, their body to perform in their life and what they need. And that's going to vary a little bit by person. But if you're always shopping on price for your health, um, you're never, ever, ever going to achieve that, 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 that level of, of what I call super health or awesome health of the, where you're, you, you're defying what is accepted as the normal standard of health uh, in our country. That's, that's good. I like that. The car, the car analogy works really well. Mm-hmm. What if someone's really wanted to rework before we dive into bio-optimizer nutrition? If somebody really wanted to rework their digestive health, what practice would you recommend they engage in? It's a great question. I think first and foremost, um, I would get a professional. You're going to cut so whatever you spend on a professional to help you get started and to to, to figure out what's going on you is going to be you're going to save that 10, 20 times over the long run. Like I wouldn't go and try and figure out my car by myself. I wouldn't try and build my house by myself. I'm going to go hire a professional. Exactly. And that way, I, 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 I know what the game is. And I think a lot of people are going into the health game and they don't know what the score is. They don't know what the game is. They don't. So the, the chances of them coming up with an effective strategy is almost zero. And the reality is you have all these people following various diets and the, the results are people keep increasing, keeping getting more and more obese. Exactly. So we know that that strategy does not work. So people need to accept that. The short-term strategy, I need to lose 10 pounds by this wedding or I knew this because most people, it's a cosmetic thing. That doesn't work either. If it's not a lifestyle, you, you're kidding yourself right. uh, over the long term. And, and, and people need to get bone crushing uh, honest with the consequences of what they're currently doing. 
and and a lot of people don't take take you know like oh well you know I I love my you know deep fried pork rib you know thing and and, and French fries every day and it's not saying that you can't have that once in a while but the bottom line is if if that's your non negotiable well we know where you're going to be you're going to be like everybody else by 60 years old if you make it. Uh, the disability adjusted life expectancy in the United States is now 60 years old. That means that you are going to be on medications permanently for the rest of your life and your quality of life is going to be severely or moderately to severely compromised for the rest of your days. Whether you live to 70, 80, 90, your quality of life is going to suck. And um, a lot of people just don't want to take ownership of those things. So that's the first step. Stop thinking you can figure this out. Like I'm a professional in this industry. Right. I, uh, one of the things I teach in the Awesome Health course is assembling your Jedi Council. I have a group of individuals from a chiropractor. I've got a metabolic person. I've got uh, epigenetics uh, that I like. I look at all these different parameters for people to give me the feedback so I can make course corrections in my life. You know, and, and that's important. It is important. And you, people, you know, I, I see it all the time. And my sister, I love my sisters dearly, but they got me on speed dial when they're at the supplement store saying, hey, what, should, what probiotics should I buy? Correct. Like, I said, I got to know what's going on. It's like, I got to know what's going on in you before I recommend a probiotic. You know, I can't just, okay, I, you know. Correct. Well, I got this one. I'm like, and then she calls me the other day and she says, hey, I'm bloated. Yeah. I'm like, you probably got the wrong probiotic. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's just, you know, it's, it's crazy. But, and to your point, there's always a new diet. There's always a new fad. There always has been. There always will be. You know, ketogenic's huge right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer in, I like the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is like, you're like a, you're either, it's like a hammer. You're either a nail or you're a glass jar. Mm -hmm. It could, it could be great for you. But it, it, it might take you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down also. Correct. To your point about hiring somebody that knows what they're doing, I'm really, it could save you a lot of trouble. It save you a lot of heartache. It could save you a lot of doctor's bills, you know. And, you know, and we are on a, on a course to... I, I see the functional medicine realm and people like yourself and myself and other people like Dr. Ruscio, all these guys are out there and Chris Kresser, they're promoting, you know, we're moving out of this phase of, we're starting to move into more of a functional phase of fixing stuff instead of relying on medications that are going to kill you eventually. Because every time you take a medication, it is depleting you of something. Correct. And, and and when you get a round of antibiotics, it's destroying your gut. Mm -hmm. So this is important. The gut is important. And, and every time, I don't even, now when I have a new client, I always start with a gut health. Always. Because mm -hmm. if I can fix that first, we're, we're home free. And well, uh, it is, it's, it's the most essential component of what you're going to get out of it. And here's the thing, you know, your microbiome, the, there's about anywhere from 200 to 500 different strains of probiotics inside your exactly. gut at any time. And if you don't have these things, we'd be dead. We literally can't absorb our food. We can't make our brain chemicals. We can't fight off infections. There's all these different functions that these are. And there's, at, 
somewhere between five and 10 times the amount of bacteria inside our system that we have cells. So there's exactly. some argument, are we really human or are we just kind of mushroom ships for the right. bacteria? That's a whole other topic. But so recognizing that is the first step. Next thing is, if you were to look at a, if you were to do a stool sample, which is one of the standard ways to test the, the, the probiotics for people, and they'll do this in a medical environment or whatever. And you have someone that, like my business partner that's been following a ketogenic diet for 25 years. And you have me who've been following on a, on a, on a vegetarian diet for uh, 20 years. Well, guess what? We're going to have completely different microbiomes. Right. Because the bacteria will feed and grow on certain diets and other bacteria will, will die off and, 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 and starve on other diets. And some of the benefits that people experience or some of the challenges that people experience when they first switch over to another diet is because either that diet is really right for them and their bacteria, their natural bacteria strains or microbiome. And on the other side of it, it might be totally against it. And there's going to be an adjustment phase. And if you look at, to use the word ketogenic, because it's quite a topic, and this is relatively true for other ones, but that's such an extreme form that people talk about the keto sickness that they go through or that transition phase right. before they become fat adapted. Well, what are the components that allows a person to become fat adapted? Well, number one, there's a die off of bacteria. There is a, you know, there is different metabolic shift in the enzymatic production production of the body. Uh, it, it, there's a different production of the enzymes entering into the mitochondria that allows you to to better utilize fats on that particular diet. And that's going to be the same if you're going to uh, a less extreme form. If you're going to a vegetarian diet, there were shifts that happened to me. If you're going on a uh, on a, a 30, 30, 40 diet or whatever it happens to be, there are going to be an adjustment phase as you move into that diet. And the, the role of a professional is to number one, determine which diet is right for you at your stage in the business or, or in the business of health. Um, what that what the, what the expected period of transition is going to be, how you're going to manage that transition, and then how do you optimize it for your life so that you don't become a reclusive monk that only eats like lettuce once a week? <laughs> which, which, to keep it my own process, I mean, I went on a completely raw food diet for two years, right? Now, that's extreme, but I was trying an extreme form and there was a lot of benefits in that, but there came a point when there was some liabilities in that as well. And that's going to happen with any single diet that anybody follows. There are strengths and advantages of each diet and there's deficiencies of diet and, and not being so identified with a quote unquote title or I'm a keto or I'm a vegan or I'm a, a whatever. Right. Those identifications often hold us into rigid paradigms that keep us from really embracing what we need at this given time in life. For example, you might be going under a lot of stress, uh, and, and that's going to that's gonna completely affect how you metabolize your food, completely affect what you need to right. do on a daily basis. And so having that professional in your life to guide you, to help you select the right products or right... Uh, dietary practices or nutritional supplements that are going to augment what you're currently doing, and then you're kind of measuring and tweaking along the way. Right. Well, then, then you're going to be way far ahead than just walking into a GNC, walking up to the clerk and say, "Hey, what kind of probiotic do I need?" There is not a chance. Uh, there's almost no chance that that person is going to be able to give you the right product at that moment. Right. It's like it's like the the horse that was sixty-two to one. Odds that won the Derby, 
That's about your odds of getting the right probiotic at a GNC and the person. Correct. Right. That, that would be about right because there's probably 60 different probiotics on the exactly. shelf. Each one's the best. Exactly. And, and one's $5 and one's 150 How right. do you know? And the other thing I want to clarify, a stool test, because this isn't the little three-panel cardboard thing that the doctor gives you at the office to go home with. This is a, a legitimate stool sample that tells us as practitioners or people what's actually going on, what is going on in your gut and what what's infesting your gut. What are the bugs? What's going on? So I can see what to do. You know, so it's not that little three panel cardboard thing that you, they hand you with a stick at the doctor's office and you go home and wipe your ass and put it on the, you know, yeah. put it on the little paper and mail it back to them. <laughs> Not the, that's not a that's not a good stool sample. Correct. And so. uh, we're now entering in what I think is the golden age of probiotics, where we're really starting to get some good data. Um, there's a lot of uh, tests that people can take that's relatively in, inexpensive, and we're getting so much more information um, outside of what was the traditional forms, because the traditional system was, hey, if you're not bleeding out of your butt, you're okay. Right. Right. And and the reality is is well that might be true you're not you don't require surgery at this moment but what is optimal what is what is feeling great what is what is aging gracefully what is the highest performance levels and now those conversations are starting to happen things like this podcast right. there are now alternative sources of media that are outside of the uh, what I would say the 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 political legal medical matrix that has controlled the conversation for the, say, the last, uh, you know, 70, 80 years right. inside of our country. And if you don't understand how we come to conclusions or how that's being promoted online, again, you're hamstrung. And the average person doesn't. They're right. so busy with life and making a living and all this stuff. They're, they're not really clear about, well, what is the source of that information? What is the motivation? How did this come about as far as a medical system. And if, if we look at effectiveness, the United States, uh, and I'm not here to pick on it, the United States spends more on healthcare, and I would call it sick care, than literally all of the, the, the G7 countries combined and then some. And what's interesting, there is now a correlation between the more money they spend, the sicker the population becomes. But that tells me that system's not working and that there are other motives and there are other uh, agendas that aren't necessarily the agenda that you and me might have is like, how do I feel great and serve my family and serve my country and serve my community? Right. Those are two different motives and op operation and, and people need to come to conclusion and understand that. And I think that's happening now because of alternative media, long exactly. format like we have in podcasts. And that's the good news. And now for a little general housekeeping. If you are enjoying this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go to whatever app you are listening to this on and rate and review the show and share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Now, if you've been listening to my episodes for the last couple of years, you'll know that I key on gut health quite frequently in my episodes because honestly, the gut health is king. And pretty much all disease begins in the gut, as Hippocrates said back in 420 BC. So that's a reason I key on gut health quite frequently, because if you're trying to do something simple is just lose weight, 
Your gut health is key. So I have been developing a gut health cheat sheet over the last few months for you to download. And you can obtain this gut health cheat sheet by texting the word gut health to words gut health to 773-770-4377. Again, gut health to 773-770-4377. Thank you, and I hope you continue to enjoy this episode and make it a great day. There's a lot of things going on right now, and I'm really excited about it because it's it's we're over, we're overdue for this movement because the health we don't have a health like you said we don't we have a sick care system and it's and sad it's, but the big pharma big pharma is in control I mean they're the ones out there pushing the buttons they're the ones that are feeding the doctors they're ones that are I mean the doctors are and it just makes me ill but it you have to get away from that. I mean, allopathic physicians serve a purpose. I love them, and they went to school to learn how to do one thing, and that is triage. We have to stop living in a world of triage and figure out how to fix what's wrong. Yeah, and you know, and I think I have a lot of friends who are medical doctors, and I have a lot of respect for them. They're what some of the the smartest. Um, People I know and their and and their dedication to their craft and their career and the level of excellence that they have is is truly remarkable and laudable. Right. Um, and and many of them in their career get to a point where they they feel really constrained. They understand the limitations and they're so hooked into it. They they they've got no other option, and it, right. and it becomes a source of frustration for them. And if you look at the the health of the medical community, the life expectancy of the medical profession is not too impressive given the the breadth and the width and the capacity of the individuals within that profession. Exactly. And so what that tells me is like, why is our best, brightest, and smartest being caught in a vice that leads them to suffer oftentimes more than the general population uh, that they're treating? Exactly. And that doesn't make it it's so... And, and I'm not... in. in don't get me wrong. I think some of the advances that we made, one of my friends, uh, he was the first surgeon to put uh, the stent in the body. He okay. was a vascular surgeon, phenomenal guy, brilliant person, developed it, worked for Harvard uh, Medical Teaching Surgery. And he said, look, what we have done in surgery now, like to do a heart surgery before, they'd open you from one end of your spine right to the other end. You'd have these scars. You'd have six months in the hospital. The, the, their expectancy was very low. And yet today they can do that same surgery he was doing before with a little insertion under his rib with a laser and a camera. And the guy walks out of the hospital the next day. Right. <laughs> That's Crazy. some of the advantages on a technical side. Exactly. But on the, uh, I think on the business side, on the lobby side, um, and how that's been integrated into our politics and our policy. I'm in from Canada, which was a highly socialized medical system. And there's great advantages to that. But there is, you, like, you might wait two or three years to get a surgery that I'm, you need today. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that. So there's, there's, and we haven't found that balance. We haven't found the balance of taking care of people who need the care. We haven't found the balance of how do we optimize our health and vitality over time? 
and and have health care as well as sick care, sick, right. sick care, and 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 respecting both of those roles, and understanding that a doctor's job is to fix the acute problem that you have, and a holistic health practitioner, like such as yourself, a functional medicine, is, is to keep you out out of that situation as long as possible, or to help you after you've come out of that to to recover to your full power and go beyond. Exactly, and I like I know myself. We talked about the gut a lot today, and we're going to get into optimize bio-optimizing. We're going to get off this the political side. But I know myself that stress was a major effect in my gut health over the last six, seven months or a year. And you mentioned meditation a little bit earlier. I've, I'm one of those people that have trouble meditating. I, I don't know why. It's just something that my mind spins and I can't stop it. Mm-hmm. So I went to, I found this machine. I'm going to tell you, I, you there's a, I did a podcast now. It's called the Huzo, Human Sound. And I tell you, it's changed my life, man. It, it, it corrected my gut health. It corrected my focus. It correct, corrected it. And it's 30 minutes a day. You put it on your, sound goes in your ears, little pads on your acupuncture points. And you sit there for 30 minutes listening to this, monks chant, but it changes. It just, it really calms me. It mellows me right out. Yeah. So it, um, re- it actually reduced my stress, but now that's another subject. And it wasn't, I just, I would like to talk to that just for a second. Okay, go ahead, Absolutely. Uh, there's so much being promoted about meditation, but if you look at the origins of meditation, uh, which I've studied through going back to, uh, you know, ancient practices in India, which a lot of this has kind of come out from, um, they had the, their practices oh, at least 10,000 years when you talk about the Vedas and things like that. But they also classify different types of people, different types of minds, and different types of practices. Some people would be uh, meditation. Some people would be a breathwork meditation. Other people would be sound and mantra. Other people would be works in the world. So there are different distinguished, uh, different types of personalities and people that are going to resonate. So some people you know, resonating with, you know, meditation, sitting by yourself quiet with no sound or whatever is totally the opposite of what they need to do. There'd be like you that can go with right. a, a vibration, a more vibratory oriented place. And I think that's another key thing. It's just like diets. What is the thing that brings your body into a state where you stop the fight, flight and freeze response? Exactly. And, 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 and it doesn't matter what that is. No. I mean, you know, you know, so but a lot you of people have to do it. Yeah, you, you have to, especially in today's world, because we've ramped up the input so much. Oh, and that's what's contributing to the stress with, you know, digital technology, electromagnetic. Yeah, radiation. And, and people are working six. Nobody has. A, if you have a 40 hour work week, God bless you, man, because I, I haven't seen that in many years. Mm hmm. And I, we're working, we're all working hard. We're all doing things at uh, optimal levels. And we're, we're actually pretty much in that sympathetic mode most of the day. Well, where we should be in the parasympathetic mode. Correct. So anyway, let's go. I want to dive into this bio-optimizer and your course. Yes. Tell us about this. 12-week program and bio-optimizer and some of the supplements you carry. Yeah. So um, I created... What I did is I realized I was fortunate enough that I studied this literally my whole life. And and uh, I've learned a lot from some really great greats. And one of the things that I, I, I realized is there was 
uh, we're kind of taught or what comes on the, the news media is we're always looking at a conflict. What's the conflict? You know, the, the basic premise of any information is, is there's a, there's a, uh, a victim and a, and a, and a, and a, and a tyrant sort of kind of relationship or there's the left or the right there's the two sides of the argument because we're kind of attracted to conflict and i saw this playing out in the world of the health history like there was the these type of people there's the keto people and there's the the, the vegetarians and you know both are very damn it and they both have research and they both are, and, they, and they're fighting and i said well that doesn't seem very productive right so what I started to look at is what are the common of what I decided to change my approach and look at the commonalities between what people were saying that had produced in themselves and in say their close group of, of followers a a health result or a or a performance benefit. And what I found is that about 80% of the, the information was actually concurrent. There, were, there was some very found. In fact, I had 12 specific principles that were practiced by literally virtually every single health advocate I knew practiced these 12 basic principles. And what I did is I looked at those principles and I, and I looked at what people were producing great results. And I went, realize, well, what actually makes health? And I said, well, what does the individual cell require? Because we're a composite of cells. So if I can make that individual cell healthy, Chances are I'm going to produce health on the whole body. So what does a cell what does a cell require? And working backwards from the cell, but checking out what people did, I was able to come up with the concept which I called the awesome health philosophy. The awesome health philosophy was seven distinct categories that made a cell work properly. First one being air, second one being water, third one being exercise. Those three I felt were non-negotiable. Everybody that was healthy, really healthy, had some sort of breathing practices, either uh, consciously or unconsciously. They were maybe an athlete who were training hard and getting into deep breathing. Every single one of them concentrated on on hydration, being uh, having fully hydrated cells. And every single one of them was doing physical exercise as a way of producing a high level capability because we have highly sedentary lifestyles now. And that, that, again, that's another new thing. And those three were non-negotiable. Didn't matter what you were in. The people that had the highest levels of performance and health, the people that we admired in every single category did all those three things. And I was like, great. Well, now we're going to deal with diet. But what is food? Well, I said, well, food is really condensed sunlight. Everything from the sun here in the universe is condensed into vibratory waves. But everything, there is really no solids. They appear to be solids, but these are actual atoms vibrating at different rates. And what I realized is I, com- I looked at diets, I looked at energy, I looked at well-being through a form of sunlight, condensed sunlight, as okay. it is the source of energy of our food. It's the source of energy of our planet. It determines the weather. It determines everything, the sun. So I was like, that's number one. And then how does this translate into how someone selects a diet? So that was the awesome. Then I looked at what makes a cell work properly? What are the essential components that you can add to a cell to optimize it? And what I realized is there were enzymes, probiotics, um, essential amino acids, essential fatty acids, uh, essential minerals, essential vitamins, and herbs. These things, 
you could add to the system. There was no deteriorative effects and this would produce. And that was what I called optimizers, which was the foundation of our company is bio-optimizers, things that optimize the biology. Hmm. Then I looked at the next two things was the M, mental beliefs and attitudes. And you could probably put that on number one, but it just would have screwed up the whole acronym. So mental beliefs and attitudes, we all know somebody who had a great attitude, a great mental system that were able to kind of violate a lot of the health rules, but still was relatively healthy because they were mentally and they had a great belief. They had a great operational system. Conversely, I've seen people who were just rigid on everything, but they had a terrible belief system about themselves or the world, or they had a terrible attitude and they couldn't produce health no matter how healthy they were trying to be. So I realized mental beliefs and attitudes was a big factor. And then finally, the last piece was, uh, I called it, uh, et cetera. Uh, education, testing, and coaching. And education is to learn from within. And to learn from within, you need to run some sort of test. And that could be as simple as I could walk uh, up the stairs today, uh, but that was it. I was tired out. But after a little bit of training, I could could run up the stairs. And after a bit of training, I could run a mile. And after a bit of training, I could run a marathon. So this was an intuitive test that you learn from because education means to educe, to learn from within. And the final piece was coaching. If I want to produce a result in any single field uh, and I want to get there as fast as possible, the best way to do it is to find someone who not only knows what that is, but can help you or can coach you to get to that level yourself as as fast as possible. Every great athlete has a coach. Most great business leaders have a coach. Most areas of life where people have a high level of performance in any area require a coach. And so I realized I put it all into a formula the awesome health formula. And then I categorized the people, places, and things that I had learned and the technologies that I had learned and put them in a sequential format and said, hey, look, you follow this 12 weeks, I can give you a crash course of what I've learned in 25 years. And I can squash it all down to a 15-minute routine every single day to get you going. And if you just do that, you'll get there. And that was the culmination of some of my life's work. That's awesome. Thanks. You got it. See? You got it. It's awesome. (laughs) It is awesome. That's, I mean, I've been uh, following it along. I signed up and I'm going to have a link in the show notes for, uh, well, it's, it's going to be biooptimizer.com slash rebel, rebel. Yeah. So yep. we're going to give it away to everybody here on the podcast. Just oh, that's so you awesome. Know. Yeah. So they can read it. It's five to 15 minute videos in okay. each one of those areas that people watch on their phone while they're, you know, they're at the hockey practice or taking the kids to, to, to dance or whatever it happens to be or on your phone when you're sitting on the toilet and you can learn <laughs> kind of things. See, um, and, and, then, and then I always give the references to the people I learn from so people can dive deep on a particular area. That's what because I didn't invent all this stuff. Right. I just have to compile it into a, a, into a system. That's awesome, man. Now, how about your supplement line? I wanted, your pro, yeah. where, do, where do people find out about that? Yeah. So um, when they go to that course, they can learn more about our products. But basically, um, we realized that there was this growing niche of digestive distress, that, that people were really compromised and that they couldn't necessarily count on what product would be right for their condition or their situation or for their lifestyle, their diet. And so what we did is we went out and literally I, I went out and every product that's, that we've ever con- constructed, me and my business partner has constructed it for ourselves. <laughs> we went out and said, well, hey, there's nobody doing this. We got to do this. So we figure it out. We put it together, we'd get the, the assistance from the right people, and we'd formulate a product that solved the particular issue. And so 
Our first product was a, a, a highly uh, proteolytic enzyme. We designed that literally because I wanted to improve my recovery. I wanted to improve my assimilation of amino acids. And I wanted to uh, make sure I was starving out the bad guys in my, in my intestinal tract. And so we came up with masszymes, enzymes for the masses. Uh, and then later on, we developed a uh, patented probiotic, which is, uh, if you look at the patent on it, it's, it's antiviral, it's antiretroviral, it's protolytic, it digests just about anything. And uh, it's very aggressive, you know, beats down various viral conditions and retroviral conditions. It's a really, really... Uh, it's a super probiotic. It's been put through a special training format. Uh, we developed, a, I ran into a parasite issue uh, at one point in my life of traveling around the world. And I realized that my hydrochloric acid levels were lower. Wow. And it turns out that people that have suffered from acid reflux, nine times out of 10, it's that they're not producing enough acid, not too much. Exactly. And that's something. And so that's something most started- people don't get. Well, you'd never get it. They put you on a proton pump and they try and inhibit it or they take a you know, the pink pills or the, the, you take the, you know, uh, these uh, antacids, but you need uh, hydrochloric acid to disinfect the bad bacteria, to change the pH. So different enzymes become reactive and deactivated right. through the digestive process. It's a big part of your immune system. So I added that in. Uh, we added a parasite cleanse. We did another product for gluten. Ooh, we developed an enzyme that breaks down gluten. And, and we added another one for people that have constipation because of a, a group of herbs that can get things moving. So we literally just found what the people were suffering from, figured out the right. best that we could possibly do in that. And then we created an education course on each one to uh, provide that for people. And, and that's how we, uh, we built and developed our company. And we did something really unique. We did two things that are unique. Number one, we have a 365-day guarantee on all our products, which is really important. So Wow. They can return the product anytime, 365 days, they get their money back. The other thing was, is we have a, a fix your digestion guarantee. And what that means, let's say someone says they think they needed a probiotic and they thought that was going to fix maybe acid reflux. Right. So they buy that product from whatever channel they got from us. It, doesn't, it didn't work for whatever reason. So they say, hey, this product doesn't work. I want to get my refund. So they call our company up. And what our agent goes is, well, what were you taking this for? And they said, well, I was taking your, uh, your gluten guardian for my acid reflux, because I thought it was the gluten that was causing my acid reflux. But my acid reflux didn't go in. And we'll, our agent will say, we we'll all train. And I'm like, well, are you taking anything for hydrochloric acid? I'm like, no. I'm like, we'll tell you what, we'll send you a bottle of our hydrochloric acid to you for free. Try that and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we'll still give you your money back. And people are kind of blown away yeah. that we're willing to go the extra mile because our policy is if, if we can't fix your digestion, then you get all your money back. And, and, and I would recommend at that point, you, you better get involved a medical doctor because there's something more something seriously wrong, something right. really severe going on. And that's good insight for people. Right. And then they can get with that proper person and maybe fix something that they didn't know about or wouldn't have checked in the past. And so it's a simple way to, to do a service in the world. And, uh, and I, and I've been really, I've been really lucky to have these experiences. People are all around the planet sending us love every week about how they had the condition for 10 or 15 or 20 wow. years. And it, it really, and we're driven by that passion. We're driven by that purpose that their people are suffering out there needlessly. And we can end that suffering if it's related to digestion. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Thanks, thanks dude. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm going to dig into the probiotics for sure. Cause I, you know, I, 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 I usually take, I, I like to stay on one religiously because it just helps me feel better, you know. Because I I, don't, I eat pretty I eat pretty clean, my, you know. I 
do a Mediterranean paleo type deal. Cool. You know, but I like my meat. I can't. I've, yeah. I've, it, it, a lot of people that just works for them. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to dive into the try vegetarian, but I haven't done it yet. I might now that I'm turning 60, you know. Uh, anyway, thank you for coming on today, man. I'm glad you came on. I have one question I ask all my guests and I don't let anybody know I'm going to ask it. If Wade had an hour to 30 minutes to chill and just chill out, what artist or album would you put on to listen to? Woo! Woo! It's a toss-up. Um, I would say that I would listen to Dr. David Hawkins' lectures on from his series of Power Versus Force. That's, I, there's nothing that makes me feel more connected to humanity, the universe, and peaced out than listening to him. Hang on a minute. I got to write that down. Yeah, Dr. David Hawkins. Dr. David Hawkins. Yeah, he was a fellow that wrote a book called Power Versus Force and a whole series. And it basically, he outlined consciousness from zero to a thousand on an arbitrary because he was a, he was a world's renowned psych, a psychiatrist. And uh, when you hear this voice and you hear him talk about the human condition, uh, it just alleviates pretty much all the stress that you can possibly really? have. And you're like, yeah, he's a fantastic. You can, you can just Google him on, there's all kinds of stuff on YouTube. And he's funny. He's brilliant. You look at his history. I used to go see him when he was in the body li- alive and, uh, there's no person, place, or thing that probably takes me back to the center than than, than him. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Very yeah. cool. Thank and you so much. It, if that wasn't it, I'd probably listen to some Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd is always a good one. I did that the other night. Actually, I just I was yeah. sitting on the patio. It was I was listening to the the frogs and the creatures chirping and making noise, and so I whipped out some Pink Floyd. Dark side of the moon and sat yeah. by my patio till about one in the morning. Yeah, that's so great. You know, they got some. They got some. You know, the concept album is kind of gone nowadays, and right. uh, they were they were one of the uh, big proponents of that. So, yeah, man, I appreciate you very much. It was it was wonderful to have you. Thanks, Tom. Um, it's just a real pleasure to be here, and I, I want to just thank you for doing this podcast and helping your listeners really dive in. And, and if you're out there listening, um, I would just say. Hire Tom. Get on the phone. Pick him up. Yeah. You want to take the next step? Stop delaying. Don't wait. Uh, you deserve it. You owe it to yourself. Uh, get on that call, and 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 uh, and 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 you'll have your mind blown. You know what's interesting is I do this. I started this podcast two and a half years ago, and I only do bi-weekly right now because I because of, of my real job, and then. Studying and having clients as in my functional medicine practice, so I can't really do more than one every other week because I, I yeah. just it will stress me out too much. And I was going to give it up, and I'm like, you know what? If I help one person change the course of their life, that's all I need. Just one person, and I just so I just keep doing it. I love it. I think you're offering a great service and uh, I would encourage you to keep doing it. And uh, it's been great connecting with you today. So yeah, man. I, one of these days fun. we'll have to get together and have a brew. Yeah, you got it. And uh, uh, I look forward to it. Yeah. Do you, do you ever go to the, any of the four uh, A4M conferences, anti-aging conferences? Uh, you know what? Uh, I was... Uh, I, it, is on our, uh, it is on our docket for uh, 20... 
what is it now? 2019. Okay. You gonna go to the one in Vegas then? Uh, well, that was if my visa goes through, I will be there. Okay. All right. <laughs> so hopefully, we'll connect up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I'm gonna go to the A4M in in Vegas. So that's great. All right, man. Thank you. I'm gonna thank you very much, bro. Thanks, dude. Take care and have a great day. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.